The Fitness Hacks Podcast, Episode 11. Today, we're joined by Logan Christopher of Lost Empire Herbs and Legendary Strength. Welcome to the Fitness Hacks Podcast by Redefining Strength. Breaking down fitness and the fitness business with some of the best names in the industry. And here are your hosts, Corey Lefkowitz and Ryan Heenan. We kind of go after this ideal of, you know, a balanced uh, work life, uh, but there really is no balance. It's just always an act of balancing. Well, if there's anybody who's a master at balancing, I guess both figuratively and literally with his start in the industry, Logan is the guy between his hand balancing, but then also finding the time to run a supplement company, legendary strength, and go travel to the Amazon, which is what he was doing right before we spoke with him. Logan brings up some great points about how you can't ever really have a perfect work-life balance. You've always sort of got to be going between the two and finding a way to sort of tweak one and then tweak the other and adjust constantly. And today, Logan goes into how he got started in the industry, which was actually selling a public domain product, and that was on the art of hand balancing. So rather than trying to recreate the wheel, he took something that was already there and rebranded it to make it his own. As trainers, we often think we have to create this new program, this really different program in order to get clients, and it's just not the case. If you have a really good product and you just find a way to sell that product, you can make a lot of money and you can help a lot of people. So let's jump right into it with Logan and get into mastering the balancing act. Today we are joined by Logan Christopher. Logan, welcome to the show, and why don't you tell us about your background and your fitness journey and what led to your passion for fitness? Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me here. Uh, happy to share. I was not naturally born an athlete. In fact, I was pretty weak and scrawny growing up. Uh, I played football in high school, but was never that great at it. It was kind of after high school that I really started to see some results because I, I got started with bodyweight training. And while I do love bodyweight training, it's not that there's anything magical with that. It just kind of, as I learned that stuff, I realize the uh, secrets of like progressive training and that sort of thing. So I started to have a lot of fun with it. I started to be able to do some things that I could not do before and that other people couldn't do. Uh, so as I started to see results, it just fueled that passion and I wanted to go further with it. That in turn led me to kettlebells, which kind of in turn led me to old time strongman training. And it kind of got out of control from there. And I, I was pretty young and was thinking about, you know, what what do I want to do with my life? So I was like, I enjoy this stuff. Let's start training some people. What does your current fitness routine look like? My current routine is always changing up from time to time, depending on what I'm focusing on. My main goal right now is with the kettlebell snatch, specifically a 106-pound kettlebell, which is a large one. And my goal is to snatch that 100 times in 10 minutes. Uh, it's it's a pretty brutal strength and endurance test. So usually I'll be doing some sort of snatching uh, once or twice a week. And beyond that, I just do some of the basics, doing some presses, some pull-ups, uh, various squats that I'm working on as well. Kettlebell training is definitely tough. Are you RKC? Are you more into the hard style or more the kettlebell sport? I, I've done a fair amount of both. I first went through the RKC, I think, back in 2007. Um, I'm not currently in RKC. I just didn't get that redone. But I also did some training with uh, Kettlebell Sport with Valeri Fedorenko. So I have a pretty well-rounded kettlebell uh, training. And I, really, for the stuff I've gone, I, I feel it's useful to have both approaches. I must admit, I've only dabbled in it, but it's quite challenging. I competed in long cycle one time and 
that training was just brutal. Oh, yeah. It's probably one of the toughest mental training exercises there is out there. So how did you sort of transition kettlebell into sort of building your business? How did you use that, even the strongman competitions, all the different things you sort of dabbled in to sort of build your business? Well, as I was getting started with personal training, I mean, really, I I started off and I like created a business and I was under the uh, false idea that if you build it, they will come. Uh, So I realized at that point I started to uh, need to learn some business skills so that I could, you know, do some marketing and get some people. And kind of, I, I was watching what other people were doing in the online world as far as selling books and videos and that sort of thing. And since I was into this off the wall stuff like kettlebell juggling and handstands, uh, which, you know, maybe a lot of people in a local area aren't that interested in, but when you have worldwide, you know, with these very niche subjects, uh, you can certainly find some people interested. So as I was trying to build up my personal training clientele. I also got started with the online thing and started uh, first reselling some other people's products and some old uh, public domain stuff, and then eventually creating my own courses as well. So were the courses the first thing you jumped into creating by yourself? Were you doing eBooks or... Yeah, I was actually, the the first couple products were uh, public domain. People aren't familiar with that term that refers to something that has fallen out of copyright. Generally, that's the case. Sometimes things go straight into public domain if people just gift them. It's really, it's in the public domain, so it's freely available for the public to use however they see fit. Uh, as it stands, there are, uh, it's different, re- different years, different regulations. If something's before, I believe the year is 1923, it's in the public domain. Uh, if it's between 1923 and 1963, and my dates could be a little off on here, it's in the public domain unless the copyright was renewed. So you definitely have to look into these details. But uh, I got really started with hand balancing, doing hand sense and stuff like that because there wasn't a lot of information online at that time uh, with a old book from the 1920s. And, you know, I was having great results by the training in that. And I figured there's other people out there like me. So the first product I ever put online was the true art and science of hand balancing, which I edited that book and made it look nicer because it was really kind of a mess in the form it uh, came to me in. Uh, but I put that out there and then that, that's what I got started with. I think oftentimes people shy away from sort of doing that niche subject. They're very worried that they're going to be pigeonholed. Did you find a lot of success sort of going after just that niche market? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. I there There's not a large market of people that want to do hand balancing. I mean, even among fitness people, a few people get interested into fitness but or into handstands, but not everyone wants to pursue that much further. So it was extremely niched. And in some ways, I'd say that was good because I did have one of the first websites online that was dedicated to it. It's a little bit more popular now as more and more people have gotten into bodyweight training. But I didn't see it as it would ever pigeonhole me into something. Uh, so any sort of asset I created, like an email list online, I could go out to that email list and say, hey, you guys are interested in hand balancing, but you might be interested in this other strength stuff, like with kettlebells. And you know, not everyone necessarily is, but then I could point those people that are to something new that I had created. So in that way, I feel uh, you can leverage one thing for another. So uh, in doing that, and I guess it's just part of my personality covering this wide range of things, I just have found people that, you know, like a wide range of things. You know, I think it's interesting offering public domain products as I don't think a lot of people are aware that they can do that. 
Did that lead to opening other doors into offering other things? And what are you currently, what's your main focus now with what you're selling online? Yeah, the public domain is really interesting and there are a few different ways you can use it. Uh, in the way I use it, it was kind of nice because I didn't have to uh, go through all the hurdles like, oh, I'm, I'm not an expert enough to create my own product or anything like that. I was just republishing someone else's work and I still am by no means an expert on handstands and hand balancing. I can do a few tricks, but I'm definitely not one of the best in the world, nor have I ever claimed as such. Uh, but I, I could republish this old book from people that were truly like the founding fathers of that art. Um, and there's other ways you can use it. Like I also did a lot with some of the other old time strongmen. And sometimes I would create a course around that, like filming videos that would then display the concepts that were inside of a course. So I, I certainly over the years have created a lot of different products because I also see that as a way that I get better myself. If I'm teaching someone else, I, I certainly learn the subject material much better. So uh, certainly I do it for other people and the money's pretty nice, but I also do it just to teach myself to get better myself as well. So these days I am primarily focused on growing up my membership site, which is the Strength, Health, Mind, Power Inner Circle. Uh, just I deliver a monthly newsletter, an actual print newsletter delivered to your door. We have a membership site and that sort of thing. And I'm working on growing that up because uh, really within that I can focus on any of these different areas that I'm very passionate about all the different aspects of strength and different ways to move health, nutrition, all the things that go into health that help support this sort of training. And then the mental side of things, which I'm very huge on as well. And, and on top of that, I also have a herbal supplement business and that's certainly taking up a lot of my time. So a lot of focus goes there as well. And like we were talking about earlier, that kind of began as an offshoot from something else. So I, I didn't really expect to get into that business, but, uh, I did, and now it's grown, so that, as I said, it takes a large part of my time. I think trainers often struggle to sort of find a balance between the fitness aspect, the business aspect, maybe even trying to do both at once. Is there any advice you can give them? Yeah, actually, me and my uh, friend who's also in the fitness business uh, kind of had a running jokes like, oh, I'm, I'm too busy working to work out, uh, which unfortunately is the case for many of us in the business, at least at one time or another. It's it's hard. You really just have to prioritize. I, I think most people engaged in fitness realize that you don't need a lot of time in order to at least maintain where you're at and even to progress a little bit. So just making sure you have some time in your day doesn't have to be a lot if you need to squeeze your workouts down to 15 minutes three times a week. You know, you, you can still get a lot done in that time. So that's certainly very important uh, to keep in there. And, you know, business does take a lot of time, especially in the beginning to get things off and running. You got a lot to learn. You got a lot to figure out uh, managing, working with other people. So it, it does take a lot of time. Realize it. I don't think most people would get into business if they actually knew how much work was going to <laughs> it take in order to really get it going. Uh, you know, the, the results are worth it, but it, it does take a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think at the beginning, especially, you have to put so much time in and anybody who takes a run at it doesn't fully grasp the concept of that until they actually start doing it. Yeah. Are there any hacks business-wise or productivity-wise that you implement that you've seen measurable growth in? Oh, uh, yeah, there's certainly all sorts of things. Um, 
You don't have to share all your secrets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'll, I'll say this. Find something that you really enjoy doing um, and try to focus on that. I made – in growing my business, I have made just about every possible mistake you can make. Uh, the one thing that you – absolutely must have cannot get around with is you must be persistent with things sure it seems like some people just hit it right out of the gate and those lucky people others like me have to plot along for a decade before they start to see some real results with something so uh if you can't be persistent uh you know, go get a job. It's it's going to be a lot easier on you. Uh, that's very important. As far as sort of hacks, I I just say find something. You know, when you're starting a business, it's usually because it's something you're passionate about. Uh, find something within that that you really enjoy doing and is a high value task. Uh, so for me, one of those things is writing. I, I love to write. I'll spend an hour, two hours each day writing. And this will be articles. This will be emails, different things I put online, as well as new books that I'm creating. It's just something that I love to do and would continue to do so even if I wasn't being paid for it. But fortunately, I'm also paid for it, so I can do it that way. If you can find that and then really a good team, good other people around you uh, that can handle the other stuff that you don't love to do, uh, then, you know, you're going to be happy and successful in doing that. So you mentioned it took you 10 years to sort of get the results you wanted. What was that aha moment, like the moment when everything sort of clicked? I, I don't think there was an aha moment. I, I really wish there was. You know, you're always kind of expecting, oh, things are going to be different after this event or, you know, I'm finally going to get there after uh, this one thing happens. And, you know, sometimes that may happen for some people, but I, I really don't feel like there was any one aha moment or any time when just things clicked. It's just looking back at, you know, a series of small steps and uh, over time they result in some um, very big changes, but there was no one moment. Uh, one other thing that w I would advise people is uh, whether in if you're in business or not, uh, really get your financial house in order. Uh, I like to look at finances through four different lenses, basically. Uh, look at your income and work on increasing that. Look at your expenses and be wary of the fact that as your income goes up, so do your expenses. It's called Parkinson's Law, so you need to make sure that doesn't happen as much. And you want to look at your savings, you know, pulling money, specifically pulling income from the top of it and putting it into savings so that, that those expenses don't go out of control. And then investments after you have enough money saved up, you know, where are you putting that where your money can work for you? So really paying attention to these and making sure things don't get out of control. If you're not watching where your money's going, the bad things tend to happen. You know, I think that's great advice. In a way, I've always been envious of people who have the aha moment because to me, it's always seemed like a progression of small victories. And looking back, it doesn't necessarily seem like, oh, there was this one huge moment that changed my life. Um, but the one thing that does stick out to me are small mistakes that were made along the way. Do you, do you have any mistakes or advice you could have wished you could have given your former self on, you know, be aware of this moving forward? Yeah. One thing that I, I wish I had done from the beginning was to just find one successful model that you think will work for you, uh, that is proven successful in other people and copy that. You know, obviously 
you're not copying everything. You're not trying to be a clone, but the, the business model behind it, try to copy that as closely as you can. Uh, one of the problems I did was I was learning from all these different sources and trying to put something together in some sort of weird piecemeal way. And it worked out to some degree, but if I, I could have done it much faster and better, I feel, if I had just taken a proven model and basically used that and gone forward with it rather than uh, studying all these different things and trying to create something new myself. Yeah, you know, I think it's funny. So many people think they need to reinvent the wheel to succeed. But I mean, even looking at your first product was doing public domain material. So I mean, I think it speaks to that. Even from the start, you had that mindset of, you could model off something. And I think that's great advice, especially for people just starting out. Yeah, absolutely. So moving into the future, where do you see your businesses and even just the fitness industry in general? Uh, the fitness industry in general is a very interesting thing. Um, it'll be, and I'm kind of curious just to see what happens with it. It's despite having all these people and great programs and, you know, we have a wealth of information, but that doesn't necessarily help people to get the results. It really comes down to people need to learn how to change their habits. And that's something that uh, I've made a study of myself. Um, so I, I think more of it will probably have to go along the lines of coaching uh, rather than just ebooks and videos and that sort of thing because uh, the majority of people out there do need hand holding. So I, I expect to see a bit more of that in the future. Um, as for what I'm doing, I, I guess there's an element of that in my membership program, uh, but I'll just keep pumping out books and uh, working on growing the herb business. I'm really with that, uh, obviously. Uh, the money is a part of it, but I'm really on a mission to change sort of the public perception of what health is, um, kind of anti-pharmaceutical. Uh, there's definitely a devious direction our Western society is going in. So trying to get back to some ancient wisdom and teaching people all about that so they can really become self-responsible for their own health uh, and fitness. I feel that's the core element that people really need, whereas they're abdicating that responsibility to their personal tr uh, trainer or to the doctor. And if they do that, they're just not going to get results. You mentioned mindset, and I think that's an often overlooked part of fitness. Can you go into a little bit more of what you tell your clients, how you use mindset to help them get results? Absolutely. I've written a whole book on the subject called Mental Muscle uh, that really explores this in much more depth than most people. I feel, although most people have heard this idea that you know fitness or sports are 90% mental, uh, very few people actually give you step-by-step -step sort of processes that can help you uh, with your mind. Uh, so there's all kinds of different tools from hypnosis and NLP and different things I do in there. But one thing that's very important is just looking at your beliefs. I don't like to look at beliefs for whether they're true or not, but whether they are useful or not. Uh, so we can, if, if you're telling yourself, oh, I'm, I, you know, I have bad genetics, I'm never going to be able to get fit. Well, you know, that's going to, even though it's just a belief, just something you're holding in your mind, uh, which may or may not actually be true, because uh, we kind of live in a subjective reality, just by holding that belief, it's going to influence your actions and what happens. So uh, if you start with changing that mental mindset, changing that belief around, then the actions become much easier to do. Uh, then you can follow through on the working out, follow through on the nutrition changes, and then actually get results.
You know, what I think is so great about your brand and your concept is that it's all inclusive. You have the coaching, you have the membership, you have the products and even the supplements. So, I mean, that seems to me to be the future where you're a one-stop shop for overall well-being and health. And it's not so much just placing that, uh, you know, emphasis on training only, but overall well-being. What, what was the hardest part in terms of adding that supplement line to what you already had going? Well, I have to thank my brother. I'm, I'm partnered with my two brothers in that business. It was always something I, I thought about doing because uh, I got into supplements, obviously, to support my own uh, fitness and strength training. Uh, but my brother said, hey, let, let's do this. And he actually went out and found a supplier and kind of figured out the logistical details that I just didn't uh, dive into and figure out. Um, so when he did that, you know, I was able to do the set up a website and start selling the thing. So, uh, we just got started there and it started small, but now it's grown into something pretty significant. So that certainly helped. Uh, it's, it's an interesting business. Uh, I'd say every sort of, every business has its advantages and disadvantages. There's certainly all sorts of legal issues that we have to work with and you got inventory customs and importing so there there's a lot of headaches to it uh, but it's also a great business because it's a consumable product people need to buy it again and it, it really in some sense is the magic pill because some of these herbs that we sell have uh, very phenomenal results for many people so like you said it goes really well with the other business and that's uh, something that certainly helped using that first business as a launch pad for this one because uh, I do like to look at the holistic picture. It's not just about what we do physically or dietarily. We got to have those and we need the mental, emotional, even spiritual levels. When you really align all these and optimize each of them, then you're going to get phenomenal results. I think that's such great advice that you need to have everything in line, not only for clients, but also for entrepreneurs, because we do so often get overwhelmed with one aspect of our business, one aspect of our life. In terms of balancing everything, do you have any sort of last piece of advice for entrepreneurs or trainers? Mm, balancing, it's always a fun thing. We kind of go after this ideal of, you know, a balanced uh, work life, uh, but there really is no balance. It's just always an act of balancing. Uh, something that works well for me is to make sure I just take at least one day off per week and keep that pretty sacred and make sure that I do that. So I'm not checking the email on that day. I'm not doing any work that day. And that helps to keep me sane because, uh, previously when I did not do that, I, I would crash and burn sometimes. So just come to know yourself, uh, know when you need to back off, uh, know when you can push a little harder and just, uh, try to keep things, you know, find out what you want to do with your life in those different areas that we all need to focus on and just uh, keep working at it. I think that's great advice. And now it's time for my favorite portion of the show, which is the fast five fitness facts, where we're going to ask you five questions and you can give us short answers on each one. You ready? Sure. All right. What is your favorite exercise? That's impossible to say, but one that comes <laughs> to mind that I really like is handstand push-ups. What exercise do you love to hate? I would say barbell squats. I'm definitely not built for that, but it's such a great exercise. Um, I realized there was a belief standing in the way, so I, I, I came to love that exercise despite hating it. <laughs> what is the best book you've ever read? Oh, one that influenced me in a, such a huge way is The Spiritual Journey of Joseph L. Greenstein, which is a story of an old-time strongman called The Mighty Adam. Phenomenal book that definitely put me on this path. 
That's a new one. I've never heard of that one. I'll have to uh, look into that. Yep. What's your favorite current pump-up song? Uh, I listen to a lot of European metal that most people aren't used to. Okay. One that I've used a lot for my workouts is uh, Sabaton's Carulus Rex. Just to keep that mindset nice and mellow, <laughs> right? <laughs> and if you could train with one person, alive or dead, who would it be and why? I'd probably go with the Mighty Adam uh, of that book that I just mentioned, just because he's been such a huge influence on me. So to get to train with him would be phenomenal. Uh, but really, any of the old-time strongmen that are no longer alive, I, I would happily do that had, if I had the chance. Great answers. And any last takeaways or information on where listeners can find you and connect? Sure. Uh Check out legendarystrength.com. That's my main website where I cover all the different training information, a lot on health and the mental training aspects as well. There are tons of free articles in the archives, like I said, I've been doing this many years. And for the herbal supplement business, that is at supermanherbs.com. Uh, that you'll find a bunch there. We also have tons of information, in-depth articles, so uh, be sure to check that out. Thanks so much for joining us, Logan. There's been so much great information that you've shared with us and you have such a great product that covers all the bases of health and wellness. So thank you so much for coming on with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Fitness Hacks podcast by Redefining Strength. For the show notes and more episodes, visit redefiningstrength.com.